Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Greetings, Italiano, mi ami. Oh, I, I don't know. If the that's Riviera, the Italia. Riviera. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's a Amore. podcast. Oh. oh, I see. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, where we recap and discuss JoJo's Bizarre Adventure one episode at a time. What episode was this week, you may ask? And I'll tell you. I'll look you dead in the eye and tell you as I watch the life drain from your eyes. I'll bite. What episode was it, Liam? This was the 84th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and the 10th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond is Unbreakable. It covers chapters 303 through 307 of the manga and is entitled, Let's Go Eat Some Italian Food. Oh my god, yes. This episode is brought to you by, not the letter 84, uh... Heather Holland. Heather Holland. Sounds like the name of a noir protagonist. Heather Holland. Heather Holland, girl reporter. She walked in like an Italian restaurant. No, I said protagonist. Oh, she walked in. My name was Heather Holland. Yeah. And I watched her, another person, walk in. (laughs) Her name just so happened to be Heather Holland as well. Whoa. She wanted me to go after the big boss. This was like one of those the one situations. Hey? Where I killed her and became more powerful, having killed an alternate version of myself. Ah. Do you reckon that would work in real life? No. Like, if you met an alternate version of you, and you killed them... I think you've already contravened the real life part of the question. Anyway. Thank you, Heather, for this episode number 84. And many more. Yeah. You're all right. So, Nick. Yes. I, Liam S. Smith, Uh would like to share with you... Mm -hmm. Some words of wisdom. I just closed a random one of the tabs I needed for research. Which one was it? We'll find oh. out. My surfaces, uh, fingerprint detection is not spectacular. If you're thinking of buying a surface, watch out for that. Don't take any advice from us. I want to share with you some words of wisdom from mm-hmm. our friend mm-hmm. Hirohiko Araki. I know that it's a wonder- wonderful event, but I never thought the Academy Awards would nominate anything decent. <laughs> When Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven was nominated, I was really happy. And I couldn't even sleep, always snickering under my bed covers. <laughs> it wasn't like he was someone close to me, nor would it do me any good. So what is it that makes me so happy? Wait, can I guess? Fans sure are a strange type of people. Oh, it wasn't even a reason. Oh. Araki always does this. He always pulls the rug out from under you. Asking those ineffable questions. <laughs> Wow. What an insightful bastard. (laughs) Sure. So, Nick. Yes. Let's go eat Italian food. Sidebar, we went and ate Italian food before, uh, between watching this episode and recording this podcast, and we are satisfied. Oh, dude. I got a chicken parmigiana. Which is like Australian-Italian fusion, let's be real. Yeah, it really is. And I had a pizza. We got the lamest. We got the lamest The most pedestrian-level Italian food. (laughs) We are so Australian, it almost hurts. (laughs) So, Nick. Yes. What were your preliminary thoughts on this episode? I was very happy. So I knew from the very start, I could just see it's like, okay, he's making out to be like this really evil thing, but obviously it's not going to be that evil. And then you get to the end, you're like, of course. What a wholesome day out. Oh, so good. So good. I'm so happy we've met him now. We open in a darkened kitchen. (laughs) The full moon is high. It's ominous. An unseen man is sharpening a knife. He grimly slams it down upon the counter. (gasps) Blood and guts fly into the night. (gasps) And he grins a sinister grin. Who is this strange and non-seen, unseen man? Come with me and find out. We also see something in a cage. Like an animal in a cage? Something. Oh. Okay. Could be an an urchin child. <laughs> Could be a sea urchin. Only urchins will tell. Those fucking snitches. <laughs> Little Billy urchin. Cut to daytime. No OP this week. No, I was a bit disappointed, actually. Mm. I was going to try and see if I could um make out... You know all the silhouettes that are flying by? Yeah. I was going to see if I could make all them out this time. Because we're now at the point where I reckon... I reckon I know everyone in this town. This... Crazy, town. noisy, bizarre town. Okiyasu's hungry. 
Aww. He's all like, hey, after we go visit my brother's grave, <laughs> let's go get some food. Now, I have a question here. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought to yourself, okay, after we visit that grave, I'm sure we'll feel hungry. God, all this funeral, all this graveyard visiting is really stirring up an appetite. God, you know, if there's one thing I hate more than anything, it's being hungry after visiting a graveyard. Nothing like makes nothing really stirs up my my, Guts. my, my yeah my stomach <laughs> like a like a big old graveyard visit. Oh golly! If only there was some kind of solution nearby that would be able to treat me. Nothing makes me hungry like knowing that there's just a heap of dead rotting meat underneath the ground I'm standing on. Uh, not a fan. And they see a little sign on the road. <gasps> Ooh, look at this. There's Italian cuisine a hundred meters down the road to the left. Ah. An Italian restaurant's just opened by the graveyard. Ah, that's a bit of an odd location to be near a graveyard. Well, they discussed that throughout the episode. Oh, okay. And they're like, you know, maybe that maybe that's what brings people in. That's their hook. Mm, yeah. Hey, feeling like digging someone's grave? Why not dig in to our food? The best graveyard adjacent restaurant in Morio. <laughs> Side note, it's the only graveyard in Morio. So they head 100 metres down the road and they see this restaurant. They look at the old... um The menu. Yeah, the menu at the front. Or rather, the lack of a menu. It looks very quaint from the outside. It mentions coffee. Yep. And it mentions... uh The menu is different for every person. Yeah. Today's course depends on the customer, it says. Hmm. Okay. And the name of the restaurant is, of course, Trattoria Trussardi. Uh, what? Trattoria Trussardi. Does that mean anything? I'm sure it does. (laughs) Now, all I got from the episode was that on the front, in like that kind of archway design, just says trendy. Well, that's another one of these um, translation things. Ah, okay. A trattoria is an Italian-style eating establishment, less formal than a ristorante, but more formal than an osteria. There are generally no printed menus, the service is casual, wine is sold by the decanter rather than the bottle, prices are low, and the emphasis is on a steady clientele rather than on haute cuisine. Ah, nice. So it's like a a downplayed restaurant kind of thing. I suppose so, yeah. Yeah. That is cool. I like that. Sounds like my kind of eatery. (laughs) Sure. <laughs> so they go on in. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a nice little bit of interior design. There's a lot of like white tablecloths and a lot of duck statues. <laughs> there are a lot of ducks around the place, aren't there? And we get a lot of shots um, where it sort of pans, the, the the camera sort of pans slowly to the left, and then a duck kind of edges into the <laughs> foreground. Do you reckon this guy is like, you know what? I know it's different per customer, but a lot of people love ducks. And really, a lot of the shots in this uh, episode do position our, our perspective from the perspective of said duck statues. The- so in a way, those duck statues, onlookers as they are to the scene that's about to unfold. They're complicit. They are, uh, no, they are, um, well, they are complicit in the same sense that we, the viewer, are complicit <laughs> because they are stand-ins for the audience. Oh my god. <laughs> In the same way that we feel so helpless, they, as statues, cannot help in any way. Wow. We've hit the nail on the head here. So they go in and they meet this fella. So he's a bit eccentric. He's a big blonde Italian chef. He's got... The very it... same chef that we saw in the OP Last that time. we didn't see this week. Oh. So he looks a lot more serious than he does in the OP. Like many of the characters who don't normally dance... In JoJo's <laughs> that are dancing in the OP. Well, he's not dancing in the OP. He's just he's sort of sauntering through. He's just running on through arms everywhere. Mm. Um, so he's just sort of there going, well, hello there. Hello. My name's Tonio Trusardi. Ooh. Or as I know it, Tonio Trendy. Mm. <laughs> There's the old uh, localization thing there. Um, Trusardi, you were curious off air about yeah. the... Uh, the origins. Mm. He's, of course, named for... Uh, Nicola Trussardi, an Italian fashion designer and entrepreneur, who took over the Trussardi fashion line in 1970 and built the small glove maker into an international brand. Is that like a big name fashion brand? Yeah. Am I completely oblivious to fashion that I should have known that? Well, Nicola himself was only active until 1999. I see. So I would have been eight when he went away. But Trussardi... Yeah, um, Trussardi sounds like it would have 
lingered on. They've got a revenue of uh, 152 million euros. Yeah, sounds like I should probably know about them in some way. <laughs> in 2017, Trisati launched its latest men's fragrance, Riflessio, said to have ambrosial wafts of woody and oriental notes. I'm sorry? It what? <laughs> it has ambrosial wafts of woody and oriental notes. <laughs> that Just is... like me. <laughs> that is the most bullshit number of words. An ambrosial waft. What? It's a fragrance. It wafts. Yeah, but ambrosial? Like, sure. do you waft ambrosially? Ambrosially? Ambrosio. Anyway. That is weird. So he's there. He's there. He's standing just like... G'day. Yeah, he's just standing there kind of like, well, good morning, everyone. Okiyasu is immediately like, hey, you a foreigner. <laughs> oh, well, yes, I am. Okiyasu, you can't just ask people if they're foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You can't just ask why he's blonde. And he basically gives his black... His... <laughs> His backstory. Nope, blooper. That's it, right there. He's like, oh, like, oh, I've studied various cuisines around the world, and then I came to Morio because it's got good seafood from the ocean nearby and good other food from the farmlands inland from here. I wonder where the like stories came from of like we have good seafood in Morio because we've seen the fishermen. So yep. obviously uh, someone ramps is... and and Musachi or whatever his name was. <laughs> Oh, that drunken fool. Mm. So wait, they, they, they small talk for a bit and Okiyasu is all like, hey, so can we get the menu? <laughs> oh, you quaint young man. You there, boob. There is no menu. Yep. There's a restaurant here, nearby here, with no menu, and it's bad. Let's just say it's for basic bitches, if but you know what I mean. But this isn't a bad restaurant. It's a great restaurant. Because he's all like, oh, we don't have a menu here. What I serve depends on the customer. I determine the dishes by looking at the customer's hands. What? So he grabs Akiyasu's left hand and is all like, yes, I see. You had diarrhea last night. <laughs> I just love the specifics of it aren't mm. even like, oh, you, you've had some hardship. It's like, no, no, no. I know what kind of hardship yeah. you've had, bro. Akiyasu has had diarrhea last night. Uh-huh. His intestinal walls are inflamed. Oh. He, didn't, he only had about four hours of sleep last night. Uh. And he's got puffy eyes. Mm. Then looking at uh, his right hand, Tonio determines... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. He only looked at his left hand. Yeah. And that's what he gleaned from one hand. Mm. And the other hand informed him that Akiyasu has athlete's foot. Uh-huh. Uh, two cavities in his mouth. Okay. And a stiff left shoulder. Basically, he's a mess. He's fucked okay, up. Okay, so you need to take care of yourself. Have you been, have you been eating right? Well, you're let's not, just say... You're barely sleeping. His choice of going to an Italian restaurant to eat right? Maybe not the best choice? And yet... As we'll see, the best choice. Turning it all like, by looking at both of someone's hands, I know all about their health. You see, I learnt this breathing technique in the distant <laughs> east. Oh no. Turns out his last name isn't Trendy. It's Zapelli. Well, his last name isn't Trendy. It's oh. Trasati. Damn it. I wish his last name was Trendy, yeah, though. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, that's very JoJo's. So he's all like, anyway, sorry about that. Here, have some water. I'm going to go cook. It does feel a little bit like, oh, I'm sorry for being amazing. Yeah. Have some water. And it just goes off. Oh, and Josuke orders a cappuccino. Yes. Because he's not hungry. He just wants caffeine. Mm, same. Yeah, but that's you every day, Liam. So Josuke from from the bat is a little suspicious about this whole arrangement. Because mm. he, he leans into Okiyasu and says, uh, healthy food that concentrates too much on being healthy doesn't taste good. If it tastes bad, we can complain and leave and we don't have to pay. <laughs> that, mm, I don't know if that's how that works, but yeah. I mean, I feel like if someone has denied you the choice of what you want to eat... Yeah, but at the end of the day, if you're just like, I didn't like it, I don't want to pay. Like, how often are you going to get away with that, you know? I think it's an edge case. More mm. so than if you had ordered the thing and you didn't like it, at least. Yeah. And to be fair, we are talking about Japan where stand users exist. So, sure. Yeah. Okiyasu takes a sip of his water. And he just immediately... Josuke. This water. <laughs> no, this mineral water. I've never had water this delicious before. He takes a big sip. Josuke is just there going... Uh, I mean, pretty good? This water is filled with elegance, just okay. Okay. And there's a big splash graphic that appears across the screen as he continues to wax poetic about how it tastes like a princess in the Alps playing a harp would drink this water. Or the first water you drink after wandering in the desert for three days. <laughs> and uh, Josuke also takes a sip and he's like, this water's pretty nice. 
And Okiyasu is smitten. Okiyasu is so touched by the great taste of this water that he starts to cry. And it's just, he's tearing up a lot. Yeah, and then he keeps tearing up more and more. And the, the music takes a turn for the ominous all of a sudden. Josuke goes, hey, hang on. what? Why are you crying so much? Why are you crying waterfalls? Two things burst out of Okiyasu's eyes at this moment. Lots of water and also a big katakana that says, gush. <laughs> Obviously something is very wrong. Yeah. The whites of his eyes get all shriveled and gross. And uh, Josuke is understandably concerned. He goes, what the hell is going on with your eyes, man? And then Tonio's back in the room and he's like, no, it's cool. Don't worry. That water is from... What is it? It's Mount Kilimanjaro. Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa from 50,000 years ago. From old ice that's been melted down. It flushes out dirt and germs that caused your insomnia. And then we get back to Okiyasu. Josuke didn't cry because he was already well rested. Yes. And Okiyasu just goes, Josuke, I feel amazing. He's basically sparkling at this point. (laughs) He is radiant with energy. I'm not sleepy at all now. I feel like I've rested for 10 hours. Huh. Huh. Okay, Mr. Chef Man. We'll accept your little bargain for now. He says, um, when you drink water this good for the first time, you're bound to cry. I cried more than when I watched Champ on video. Now, what is Champ? Gassi throws out a lot of pop culture references this episode. (laughs) Champ, or The Champ, as we might know it, is a 1979 film uh, directed by Franco Zeffirelli uh, and a remake. Oh, there was also a 1931 uh, film of the same name. It stars John Voight, Faye Dunaway, and Ricky Schroeder. Hmm. It's about a um, retired boxer who, like, coaches horses and then gets drawn back into one last match. Wait, a long-ass boxing match? Yeah. Not a horse match, obviously. That's right. I mean, maybe a horse match. Depends who doesn't like the horses. The night of the fight arrives. In the dressing room, TJ sees that Billy's sparring opponent is much stronger than him, prompting worry. This is diverted, however. When the fight has begun, they see that Annie is in the arena watching the fight. Billy leads the way as the champ in the first and second rounds, but as the fight continues, his rival gains the other upper hand. Champ receives many blows to the head, and is weakened to the point where it's hard for him to stand up. The doctor rushes in at break, and says if he gets worse, he'll have to stop the fight. The same thing happens when it continues. The champ receives many body blows and gets badly hurt. This time, however, he gets his second win and wins by KO. Then he faints, and then he dies. What? What? He faints and then he dies. What? Doesn't sound very championy. He's the champ. His last words are no, sorry. The last thing TJ says to him is, "The champ always comes through." <laughs> so hang on, he wins his last match. It's a tragic victory. A, f- a f- is it pyrrhic or ferric? Ferric, I think. A ferric victory. I don't think it's a ferric victory. I think it's a, just a tragedy. That sounds about right. But why? <laughs> why would you? Because just... he was the champ, and the champ always comes through. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. So it's like watching The Champ for the first time. No, you cried more than when you watched The Champ on video. Never mind. On VHS. Mm. Remember that? Time for the second course. (gasps) Food Wars, the second course. (laughs) So some food comes out and it's... Really, the only wars that were worse than the Food Wars were the Great Ape Wars that preceded the Donkey Kong franchise of video games. Not this again. (laughs) Liam has been reading up on a forum. No, not a forum. On a wiki, sorry. Uh, about the Great Ape Wars of Donkey Kong. An entirely unsubstantiated fan theory about the prolonged military campaign that preceded the Donkey Kong franchise of video games. I mean, there's no evidence. Some people wear military costume, but like, what? Yep. Truly, Ape's greatest foe were the crocodiles. Ape killing ape. Crocodile killing crocodile? Sure. Or just Crocodile Killing Ape. <laughs> that big crocodile guy fights King K. Rule in Donkey Kong 64. There you go. Never mind. Time for the second course. It's salad with mozzarella cheese and tomatoes. I love mozzarella. Uh, Okiyasu okay, can't pronounce it. He's never heard of such a thing before. Mozzetza. Mozzetza. Yeah. It's a soft fresh cheese with the fat taken out. Oh. Everyone eats it in Italy all the time, hmm. says Tonio. And okay. then he, he also talks about how great the Italians are at cooking with tomatoes because they were the first people to ever do it. And then all the pastas from, like, past times just kind of fly by. Tomatoes. Sorry, all the tomatoes of past times, like, fly by. So you get all these dishes that are made of tomatoes. Let's take a moment to commemorate the tomatoes of days gone by. Dun dun. Dun dun dun. Dun 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 dun. Alright, that's enough for that. Okay. <laughs> you really <idiot. laughs> 
I gotta lure people in somehow. Okayasu takes a bite. He is not smitten. He's underwhelmed. He's like, this. It's good. I mean, it doesn't taste of anything, you know. Yeah, the cheese has no flavor. It's kind of hard to, you know, appeal to the highly sophisticated Okayasu standards. Mm, Most foreign dishes don't suit Japanese tastes. Mm, They have a very particular palate. Mm. I don't know what that palate is. So, what does Tonio recommend he does? Okay, hold on. You're doing it all wrong, Okayasu. You got to have the tomato with the cheese. Oh. And Okayasu's like, get fucked, mate. (laughs) That sounds fucking ridiculous. Here I go, I guess. Puts it in lamely. <gasps> this is so good. It, it brings out the flavours of both. Yeah. And yet it only works because the other one's there. The juicy part of the tomatoes wraps around the mild cheese. It's a harmony of tastes. It tastes like a Simon and Garfunkel duet. Hey, who's Simon and Garfunkel? Why, Nick? Simon and Garfunkel are, of course, an American folk rock duo. Oh. Maybe that Scarborough Fair song. What about uh, The Sound of Silence? Sound of Silence. There was probably another one that Simon... Yeah, wrote. they got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> we all know Simon and Garfunkel. Whoa. Now that is a bold He also compares it, compares it to um, Ashita no Joe. Uh, I think the animated version of this, which is a boxing manga. Big into boxing, Izakiyasu. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense since he has like a hand. We all I have think. hands. Oh man, you're right. <laughs> I didn't think that through. But, you know, he has, like, a hand hand. It's like watching the anime of Ashita no Joe with the original script by Asao Takamori, but the the amazing illustration and animation by Tetsuya Chiba. That's an oddly intricate analogy, but Mm. yep, okay. And then he also refers to a third thing that I don't know what it is in my research, hasn't turned it up, but I'm assuming it's one of those Japanese buddy comedy duos. Ah, of course. What if it's, like, one of them is a cop and the other one is a boxer? That's not what I'm talking about. We just need more boxing analogies. God, it tastes so good. It's like the ring came to life and engulfed my taste buds. The ring? Yeah, the ring, where they fight. Oh, I thought you meant... (laughs) Not the um, movie The Ring. Yeah, I thought you meant the VHS that kills you. (laughs) Oh my God, she came to me in a dream. And she tasted so good. (laughs) Just eating her hair and she's like, please stop. Just please stop. You're like, it tastes so good. Like so much spaghetti Almiro de Sepia. Hey, sick callback. So he loves it. It's great. It's good food. It's incredible. But Josuke wants to try. Okuyasu won't let him have any because it tastes too good. I wouldn't let you have any if you were dying of starvation. He even goes as far as to hold the fork out to Josuke's mouth, then turn it around and put it in his own mouth. That's mean, Okuyasu. That's cold, bro. That's cold. <laughs> Suddenly. Oh, he also says, this tastes so good, I'm so glad I was born, mum. <laughs> to be fair, I have had that experience once before. Where, like, you have a meal and you just go, I'm so glad I'm alive. Suddenly, Okuyasu's shoulder starts to feel a bit hot. Hmm, weird. Doesn't sound good. Tonio recommends he takes off his jacket with a very grim, serious look on his face. So, Okuyasu takes off his jacket. He's like, man, it's really fucking itchy back there. Revealing a purple tank top and his great biceps. (laughs) He lifts. He must be into some kind of... Crossfit. Or, like, a a yoga that may involve punching. (laughs) I could see Okiyasu being a boxer recreationally. Oh yeah, absolutely. He has the face for it. Mm. Flat. It's a boxing joke. Maybe that's why he's so stupid, because of all those concussions. <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. So he starts scratching at his shoulder. It's, like, it's really itchy, man. He's pulling away all this dead skin. It's, it looks really gross. It's like brown and flaky. Yeah. It... And he also describes it as slimy. Yeah, I don't think he's ever washed away dead skin before. Well, certainly not like this. And Josuke's like, what the hell, dude? Stop scratching. You're like tearing away at the muscle down there. Tonio says that the um the vitamins and minerals in the food he ate improved his metabolism and stimulated his thyroid gland. I mean, yeah, okay, sure. So now his bad cells are coming out as dead skin. If you keep scratching, you'll get it all off. And like he's scratching this huge like chasm into his shoulder and then we cut to Josuke holding a big ball of dead skin being like it's the size of a softball now why would you pick that up <laughs> why would you clump it all together yeah. like he's obviously scratching it off in like large swathes and Josuke's like let me see how much of this there is bro you're just getting skin off <laughs> uh, Tonio picks up the big ball of dead skin and puts it on a plate and takes it away and he's like I'm gonna go boil some pasta and Okiyasu's like, I feel great. I feel so light. Yeah, and that Tonio is a genius. Man, look how I can like flex my muscles, Josuke. Mm. Look at this. I can even almost touch my hands behind my back. Josuke's suspicious. 
ad break, we're treated to a, a, a landmark card for another Morio landmark, the cafe. <gasps> the Morio Cafe! Wait, the Morio Cafe? Isn't it the trendy restaurant? You call it the Morio Cafe. Oh, shit. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. There are many things wrong with me. I, like, watch these episodes and I go, oh, that's what happened. And you're like, no, I wrote it down. That's not at all what happened. No, you called it that just now. Did I? Yeah. I said oh. the cafe, then you said the Mario Cafe. Wait, it's not called the Mario Cafe. Wait, well, I got excited. You can't blame a man for being excitable. Right, you can't blame a man for being excitable, can you? This is another thing I'm wrong on. What's it actually called? What's the place called? I told you that before. <laughs> it's that restaurant type of name that I can't remember, but it's the very casual one, but yeah. less casual than the other one. The trendy one. Trasadi. The Trasadi. Yeah. Yeah. The, some, the something Trasadi. The Mario Trasadi. No. It's probably the Mario Trussati. No, it's, it's objectively not. <laughs> it's the Trussati Trussati. Uh, you're destroying me. It's the Tortellini I've got a lot of tension in my shoulders lately, Nick, and this isn't helping. Do, do you want some mozzarella no. or tomato? Or... Oh, actually, that would be quite nice. Oh, we should have gotten that for you. You could have... I mean, if I knew where to get that, I would eat it. Yeah. We should just go on to also, that. I'm not big on tomatoes, personally. Yeah, no, tomatoes are overrated. Unless they're with something. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Tomatoes on their own are just hot, wet messes. Same. Yeah. I wouldn't call you wet. <laughs> Brutal today. Tonio comes back. He's got pasta. Places it down. Yeah, they call all... it um, harlot spaghetti in this. Oh, okay. Which I've always heard as horse pasta. Oh, have you had it before? Yeah. Oh. Um, and I may be mistaken, but that might also be the same thing as puttanesca. Let me just fact check that. Spaghetti alla puttanesca. That could be Italian. All right. Uh, oh, no, here it is. Um... This is the Wikipedia page for spaghetti alla puttanesca in popular culture, television. This dish also appears in part four of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond is Unbreakable, in the story arc, Let's Go Out for Italian Food, where the stand user, Tony, this is entirely impenetrable to anyone who was just reading the Wikipedia page for this dish. <laughs> Where the stand user, Tonio Trasati, plants his stand pearl jam into the food he makes in order to rid his customers of health problems. <laughs> no one who has not seen Jojo's Bizarre Adventure would understand what that is. They'd just be like, wait, let me get this right. There's a stand user named Tonio Trasati. Okay, you've already lost me. What's a stand user? In the stand Pearl Jam. Imagine if they didn't even know who Pearl Jam was. That strains credulity, but they could be from, yeah. you know... The mid-2000s. Or a different country slash culture that may not be big into Pearl Jam. They could have been born this year. Anyway. So, it's spaghetti made in the style of a whore. Sure. And that that, that harkens back to a, an origin, a, pr- a purported origin story for the dish. Mm. Um, and as, is it Tunio? Tonio. Tonio. As Tonio. Right. How do I think Tonio? As Tonio is explaining the origins of this dish. Like me, it comes from Naples. And uh, all the different kinds of, like, pasta are coming up behind him. And it's like, rigatoni, whatever the butterfly one is called. Tortellini. Yeah, it's like, it just goes past as all these different names of pasta go by. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is amazing. This is incredible. And he explains that uh, it used to be made because it's what a whore would have? Or they they made it for customers? He never said that. Oh, okay. I don't know. He has an origin. That's all I know. He's Italian. (laughs) It works. Okiyasu was worried that the dish is too spicy for him because he can't eat spicy food. Bro. He can't even eat... He can only eat Vermont Curry's mild flavour. With the apple sauce that they Mm. have or something like that. Such a weak bastard. And Josuke is kind of sulking by this point and he's like, if you don't like it, don't eat it. And then he glares at Tonio and Tonio glares back but then smiles. (laughs) I'm a happy Italian chef. Mm. How dare you? And he says, don't worry if it's too spicy, I won't charge you for it. Anyway, I'm going to go make the, the next dish. I like how you But I'll warn you, my spaghetti is made so that even people who can't eat spicy food can eat it. Ooh. What were you going to say, sir? I like how in your notes you have ducks in foreground. Yeah, there were lots of ducks in the foreground. <laughs> so throughout this next conversation, Okiyasu keeps like absentmindedly licking at this uh, fork full of spaghetti in front of him and being like, ah, hot. It's a tempting looking dish. Yeah. You know? So he's like, yeah, this one was a miss. Like, Tonio's a genius, I get it, but not for me. And Josuke's kind of there going, yeah, probably just don't eat it. Yeah, this then. is very suspicious. You just lost a lot of skin. Maybe don't keep licking it mm. if you don't want to eat it, bro. And Akiyasu says, um, oh, and after, after, of course, after his he tore off all that skin, he was now super flexible and mm. he could touch his hands behind his back vertically. Mm. 
Um, yes, anyway. Um, he says... <laughs> Health benefits. When I went to Shabu Hot Springs in Yamahata, I lost even more dead skin than that and my back pain went away. That's probably normal. <laughs> I mean, does he have a shower? Like, <laughs> this is my number one. When he goes home and he takes off his school uniform, on the inside, is it just skin? Now, you're assuming he takes off his school uniform. Oh, that's a good point. When he goes to sleep, is his pillow his dead skin? Does he even lie down? It's like a chrysalis. Josuke's <laughs> <laughs> uh. worried that Tonio could be a stand user, because Hazamata said that stand users were drawn to each other. You wouldn't imply that an Italian chef of this standard, who could cure my back pain, and who made my eyes almost shrivel up, would be a stand user. Come now, Josuke. Get on my level. Maybe. <laughs> Okiyasu keeps trying to eat the pasta, and Josuke just tells him to, to like stop, but he's like... But I, I have to keep eating the pasta. This is my I can't help myself. It's so I'm sucked in by the spiciness. And then he does another one of these references that I don't really get this one because I assume it's a Japanese cultural thing. Okay. But he says it's like when you eat your age in beans at a setsuban festival. Mm. You don't mm. like them, but then before you know it, you've eaten them all. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm right there with him. I'm assuming setsuban festival is some kind of dessert festival. Expound on that. <laughs> Well, in Japanese cuisine, they have a lot of beans in their dessert sometimes. So it could just be like a sweet bean kind of thing. Um, and when you go to a setsuban festival, maybe it's a matter of like they have a lot of sweet beans. And you're like, oh, that's really good. I'll have a bit more. And then you have a bit more. Fact check with Liam. Ba-da-bow. Setsuban is the day before the beginning of spring in Japan. Shit. The name literally means seasonal division. But the term usually refers to the spring setsuban, properly called Rishan. Celebrated yearly on February 3rd as part of Spring Festival. In its association with Lunar New Year, Spring Setsuban can and was previously thought of as a sort of New Year's Eve and was accompanied by a special ritual to cleanse away all of the evil of the former year and drive away evil disease-bringing spirits for the year to come. This special ritual is called Mamamaki, literally bean scattering. Oh, so I'm not right. No. Oh, I was so close. Or from a from a certain point of view, you were entirely wrong. <laughs> so it's just a nice little festival that they have for like a New Year's vibe. Mm. There's a lot of beans happening. It gets scattered. Sure. I mean, I was close. I want to imagine I was close. So he starts slurping down that skeddy with gusto. He's like, oh, this is good. My stomach's opening up to it. The more I eat, the more I want to eat. And so he does. Little does he know, unlike the Amagara Fault, you can't get out the other side. This is my spaghetti. It was made for me. <laughs> it's real Junji Ito at this point. No, it's not. Well, it's not. His tooth flies out of his mouth. Boing. It's got... It's covered in gross cavities. He's like, oh, that's but my he cavity. He needs to brush his teeth better. He does. He's like, that's my cavity that just came out. Mm. But I thought I had a cavity on my lower jaw. He starts contorting his jaw in pain and like clutching at it. And then another tooth flies out of his lower jaw with such gusto that it gets stuck in the ceiling. He goes, oh man, this is getting real painful. Yeah. And then um, new teeth growing. Josuke goes instantly. Josuke's like, okay. He's got a big sparkling grin. He's like, look at this. I am Mr. Moneybanks. Free teeth. Free teeth. (laughs) It's free teeth, bro. Have you ever eaten pasta so Think about the implications of this episode. Yeah, I know. These guys are never going to have another health problem in their life again. To be fair, if you could have just punched his jaw, you could reconstruct his teeth without the cavity. So the cavity would just come off. That's how cavities work, right? Please tell me that's how cavities work. What? (laughs) Please tell me cavities work as though they're like a thing that they put on the tooth. Oh, no. You're losing me, Nick. Well, you could get rid of the rot in a tooth with um, shining diamond or crazy diamond, rather. Could you, though? Or is it part of the tooth now? Well, I mean, okay. So what happens is, Josuke's like, that's it. You're growing a whole tooth. (laughs) Same. Uh, I'm gonna have to check this shit out. So I'm gonna punch this spaghetti. I'm gonna turn it into its constituent parts. I'm gonna bring it back. Or in the words of a infamous manga panel. Oh, God. Josuke, looming above plate of spaghetti. (laughs) I'm gonna... Fix that spaghetti. Fix in quotes. Yeah. I'm gonna fix that spaghetti. Crazy Diamond comes out, punches down into that plate of pasta. And reconstructs the tomatoes, the spaghetti, 
the herbs. Sure. The the capsicum or red peppers, as they're called. And stands that look like little tomato guys. And all love hearts, depending on how you interpret yeah. it. Yeah, isn't that lovely? Or is it the chef's love as a stand? Whoa. Oh no, they're definitely tomatoes. Never mind, I'm I'm completely wrong. <laughs> They're concerned, like, stands in the food, that's going to contravene some sort of health code violation. A lot of what's happened in this episode would contravene the health codes. Yeah, regrowing so, someone's teeth. Well, I was thinking more along the lines of, you know, restaurant patrons scratching off softballs of dead skin in the restaurant. Oh, uh, yeah. And you're not even using a vacuum cleaner to pick it all up afterwards. No, you're just putting it on a plate Ugh. and taking it into the kitchen. Giving it to the dog. Ugh. So Josuke... Makes all these things into their constituent parts. Yeah, they fly away into the kitchen. And then Okuyasu starts clutching his guts. He's like, I don't feel so great, and, uh, man. And, like, his face, like, he hits that blue top of his face that, like, you know, implies, like, a cold sweat. He's like, I don't, I don't feel good He's drooling from the sides of his mouth and he's fallen to his knees and he's, he's, he's in a bad way. Now, what problems were left? We've dealt with the eyes. The diarrhea and the inflamed oh, bowel. Oh, I see. <laughs> There you go. Mm. Mm. So Josuke runs into the kitchen because it looks like his friend is dying. <laughs> and he opens up the door and he sees a freshly made dish. Yep. It's like lamb chops with apple sauce mm. or something like that. And he sees Tonio, back, his back to him, um, feeding a plate of that dish to a small dog. And the dog... It looks like it might be a Shiba Inu or something. Mm. The dog like rips into it. It's going nuts. And then... Oh, that dog's having a great time. Just and then... Gob, 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 gob. The dog's intestines go nuts. Explode out of its mouth, then, like, explode down out the front of its body. And Josuke's like, oh my god. That was a lot to see in the kitchen. That must violate some kind of OHS. Tonio hears his reaction and is like, what are you doing here? And then throws a knife at him. The knife sticks into the door frame next to Josuke's head. Josuke is like, okay, so, um, that's bad. Yeah. Time to back up now. But as he's backing up, Okiyasu has also come into the kitchen and is wolfing down that dish. He's like, oh my god, I need more, man, I need it's more. It's so good. The tanginess of the apple sauce and the juice from the lamb make me happy. And Josuke's there going, don't do it, you fool, he's a stand user. And then his guts explode out of his stomach. Okiyasu. And while this is happening... Tonio is looming behind Josuke with what looks like a brick in his hand. Mm. About to pound down on Josuke's head. Mm. And so he begins the slamming motion. Josuke turns knowing that he's too late to save himself. This chef is too fast and strong, (laughs) even for Crazy Diamond. And he just, from shock in the moment, is frozen in place. And Tonio holds out this brick of soap and is like, you need to wash your hands. Wait, what? what? I need to wash my hands? What are you talking about? Okiyasu's dying! Hey Josuke, my guts feel better and I'm really full! And my diarrhea tummy's all better. But the dog- Antonio's all. Nothing brings me more joy than a customer who enjoys my cooking and becomes healthy. I'm not a bad guy after all. But the dog exploded. No, the dog's fine now too. Oh. But was it worth the pain of your guts exploding at your torso? Yes. Okay. I mean, I'd totally be down for I that. I mean, it's inexpensive healthcare. Exactly. And it tastes good. Oh, the taste would be so worth it. Although, after having that dish, you would never be able to look at it ever the same again. No. You'd be like, that's the pasta that made my intestines come out from my side. Oh boy. It was worth it. <laughs> so you really only wanted to feed Okiyasu good food? Why, yes. Yes. Believe it or not, I'm just a regular old chef. Oh, with a magical stand He says, yes. He says, that's all I live for and all I hope for. Seems to me that Tonio needs to get some work-life balance going on. (laughs) Nah, man. Chefs are crazy good at their job because they don't do anything else. Yeah. Actually, did I ever tell you about um, the chef I stayed in a hostel with? No. So he was, in fact, an Italian chef. Ooh. And so one night I was like, yeah, we're going to go out and get some food. And he went... Why don't you just stay inside and I'll make you some food? And I went, but but you're a chef. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, we're friends now. We are friends. He was very enthusiastic. Sure, he was like, yeah. We are friends now, you and I. We are. Fr- you look. You are staying here tonight, and you're we are getting into the corner. Yeah, literally. I was like, <laughs> okay, this is cool. And he was like, no. And then with his massive biceps, was like, I'm gonna make you some good food. Went downstairs, made the best penne I've ever had in my entire life. And I was like, this is amazing. He's like, 
shit. It's awful. Can't you see? I'll take it away and destroy it. <laughs> he was this close to taking it away. I was like, no, it's amazing. He's like, I only had peas and tomatoes, but it's like, it's fine. It's amazing. He's like, <laughs> but yeah, chefs, man, high standards. Mm. Oh yes, yeah, so they're like, so you're a sand user too. So are we. And then you know, crazy diamond and the hand come out to say hi. And then he's there going, oh, what? Wow. No one else I know has these things. I got mine because I travelled the world getting really into cooking. And I got so into cooking that I manifested magical powers about cooking. This speaks to a much deeper problem here. Because <laughs> the only way we know about Stan, like Stan's manifesting themselves is through traumatic events and or having an arrow shot through yeah. you. In like a so far death. we know about... Well, we know that... Um, Polar F was born with his, mm-hmm. but possi- possibly one of his ancestors could have been shot by an arrow. Yep. Um, Jotaro had his manifested when Dio was all like, I'm going to make a When span. Dio was shot by the arrow and Jonathan's body and then bloodline stuff. Yep. Um, Tonya got really into cooking. Tonya got really into cooking. Okay. Mm- all right. Sure. <laughs> That's a thing now. That's a thing. If you get really into something, you too can have a stand. Yeah. Sure. But then he's like, but you... You lack common sense bringing germs into my kitchen. And Josuke starts backing away going, "What? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, but I mean, it's not that bad. Right? I am so angry. Oh, you need to prepare yourself. And you, Okiasu, go get ready for dessert. I'll get back to cooking. <laughs> and so the next shot we cut to is a little pudding. Mm. And uh, Okiasu's like, what is this? I'm a street punk. I can't be seen eating cutesy desserts like this. It's called a fran and flan. To, a flan, according to the subtitles. Which is a thing. Is it? Yes. A flan. Mm-hmm. What is a flan? It's what you're looking at. Yeah, but like, that's just a pudding. It's like a cat, yeah. It's, it's what an American would call a pudding. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Damn Americans. <laughs> Flans. Oh no, because Americans call pudding like tubs of yogurt, of chocolate yogurt, don't they? Like, yo- like a yogo? They call that pudding. I believe so. Like oh. a snack pack. Oh, no. It's clearly not that. I mean, it's not really yogurt either, though, no. is it? It's more like a goop. Mm. <laughs> flavoured goop. Delicious flavoured goop. Anyway. Um, and Josuke's stuck in the kitchen wearing an apron and a, um, a bandana on his hair, cleaning all the things he touched. And he's just there going... Antonio's like, hey, your hands aren't moving. Get back to work. I'm glad it took us to the very end of the episode for me to start doing an offensive Italian accent. <laughs> I mean, I almost pretty much started with one, and now I've lost it all. We lost everything. We lost the flavour. And the pudding cures his athlete's foot. <gasps> My athlete's foot is gone! Yeah. Delicious. And he's all, please come again. Grazie. And they... Do they walk out? They walk out. Mm, good time. We then cut. Cut to Jotaro on a beach, on a bench. He's just kind of sitting there looking out to the sea. And a guy who looks like a secret agent comes by and sits on the... The bench that's adjoining the back of the one that he's sitting on. Hey, you're Jotaro Kujo, right? Got news for you, buddy. I'm from the Speedwagon Foundation. (gasps) Maybe you've heard of us. We're very cool. Mm. I'm here to hand deliver a message because electrical wires can't be trusted. Ooh. The message is, I should be arriving at Morio's port tomorrow at noon. From Joseph Joestar. (gasps) Cut to the ocean. Big boat. Old man on boat with a cane and like a coat and one of those old man hats. With like flappy ears mm. and like a weird brim. End of episode. Big boat. Big boat. Big boat ocean man. <laughs> Big boat ocean guy Joe Star Joseph. Mm-hmm. He's coming. He's coming. He's on his way. He knows if you've been naughty. Sure. Oh, Antonio Stan was called Pearl Jam. Named after the band Pearl, Pearl Jam. Jam. Who, of course. With such hits as Once... Uh, Alive, Go, Even Flow, which was in a Guitar Hero game. Yeah. Uh, it's the only grunge band whose vocalist hasn't died yet, as far as I know. <laughs> Is that Eddie Vedder? Probably. Yes. Yeah. Great. Yep. GG. Pearl Jam. Not bad out of 10. GG, of course, being the Japanese word for Gramps, who is arriving next episode. <gasps> oh, oh, man. Was, yeah, that's what Jotaro called him. Hey, old man. Good to see you again. It's been a while. I'm going to go hang out with some fish now. So yeah, solid ep. Solid ep. Nick, what were your highlights and lowlights for this episode? Highlight, meeting the Italian chef. Oh my God, he is the best. I am so happy. Is he everything you hoped he would be? He's a little bit more serious than I thought he would be. Because from the OP, when you see um, 
who's the creepy guy again? Ha- Hazamata? Hazamata. When you see him and he's dancing very uncomfortably, you get the vibe that maybe in the show he's not quite um, the dancing kind of guy. Hazamata or Tonio? Hazamata. Right. In the OP, Tonio looks very kind of happy to, you know, be a little bit ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking maybe he'd be a bit more flamboyant, a bit more upbeat. But no, because they, they, they have to walk that fine line between, like... Ominous and... Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've just remembered, we haven't read the Jojo Valley note for Pearl Jam yet. Oh! That must have been that tab I closed by mistake earlier. It's a cooking stand, so I gave it a somewhat crazy appearance based off of tomatoes and Italian vegetables. Tomatoes are fruits. <laughs> Liam, easy does it. <laughs> the idea was, how can I create a sus- create suspense using cooking as the theme? Is that the whole Jojo Valley note? Yeah. He doesn't even answer his own question. Well, I feel like the... The episode the, did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Hidden behind that paywall. No, it's not really hidden behind a paywall, is it? Don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and neither do I. Yeah, no. He creates tension, not through the food. And the personality of the man who... Who created... Very intense in his own right. He did throw a knife at Josuke's head. I mean, he did get very angry that he brought germs into the kitchen. Mm. Angry enough to have possibly killed Josuke. Hmm. Do you think he knew that there was a door frame in the way? It wasn't the way, it was next to his head. Yeah, but do you think he was aiming for... Was it a warning shot? Yeah. (laughs) Was it a warning shot or was his intent to really harm him? Yeah, shoot to kill. Thereby contaminating the kitchen further. (laughs) To be fair, if he did hit him, he'd probably be like, how dare you, eat this... Warm this pizza. The uh... <laughs> it'll heal any extreme wounds mm. that you have. Oh man, that's great. I enjoyed that. Yeah, meeting the uh, the Italian guy. Okay. Mm. I now have closure on this enormous chapter of my life. My highlight is um, all of Okuyasu's ridiculous speeches about how good the food tastes. <laughs> all the analogies are on point to mm. them, especially the water one. That was a particular favorite mm. one. Mm. Low light. Good question. I want to say the low light has to be that the entire time I thought that he was actually going to be like the good guy and then he was. And everything up to that point I was like, yeah, he's ominous and he's doing all these weird things. Like, Yeah, I feel like it th- this feel... could possibly be one of those things that's become more obvious as time has gone on. Mm. But um, I feel like the twist, you see it coming. Mm. But it's like, it feels like... Many of the things feel a little bit forced when they're happening. Like, sure, it feels yeah. a bit at odds with, like, well, I know he's going to be a good guy. And then he's really trying to hammer home, no, he's being ominous, but I can't quite give away that he's not good. Mm. So, you know, you, just, you can kind of tell. Yeah. But it's still fun. But, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. All right, Nick. So. You didn't give it a low I agreed there. with you. Did you? Yeah. How dare you. Through my conversation. Co- I see you're copying my style. <laughs> so, Nick. Yes. We've met a new friend. He runs a restaurant. He does. What do you think is going to happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Oh, and of course, Joseph Joestar's arriving tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> In the episode entitled Red Hot Chili Pepper Part 1. Ooh. Now, there are two possibilities here. One is that our new friend Tonio gets a hold of a red hot chili pepper. <laughs> ah, the cooking possibilities this opens up are beyond compare. <laughs> and then it's a bit like that Simpsons episode where Homer eats the, the ghost pepper. Yeah, sure. Josuke goes on a spiritual journey. Exactly. To... <laughs> or alternatively. A spiritual journey via eating a ghost pepper to find the very ghost pepper that has eluded them with the arrow till now. Red hot chili pepper. Shit. You've done it. You cracked the coat. <laughs> Okay, so Red Hot Chili Pepper is the stand that's electrical and... Yeah, the kappa. That killed Okiasu's brother. Yeah. Okay, so I reckon Joseph is going to show up Mm -hmm. to help hunt him down. Or rather, the stand user that Red Hot Chili Pepper is associated with. Sure, yeah. Because we don't know who the stand user is yet. No. We just know it's a stand that moves through electricity. Mm -hmm. uh, Joseph's got that hermit purple. Exactly. So Joseph will probably show up and be like, Hey, I hear that you are... Wait, hang on. <laughs> I hear that you boys need my help. So I've come on down. I don't know why I'm suddenly southern. I've come down to meet my son. I've come down to meet my son. Is he good or is he shit? Yeah. How do you think he'll get along with his son? Get a haircut, you damn hippie. <laughs> oh, Jos- Josuke won't like that. No. Um, Not one bit. I mean, if if Joseph is the Old man, man murdered by son. <laughs> <laughs> Old man reconstructed by son. No, I think um Joseph will be all like, Ah, oh, my boy! You're my son! This is funny, isn't it? So he's going to be much like he was in part three, essentially. Yes. 
you know, I boned your mum. It's like, thanks, old man that I haven't met until now. Yeah, he'll be his old playful mm-hmm. self. Good old Joseph back And so again. what? He'll he'll take some spirit photos and be like, he's at the abandoned amusement park or whatever. Oh, uh, it'll probably be a bit like the Dio run where he's like, where is he? But it'll only be over like two or three parts. Yeah, sure. Uh, instead it's, of... it's a city as opposed to the whole world. Yeah, and also it's a small town. Mm. So, um, yeah. So he'll get there. He's in those abandoned holiday villas. <laughs> I reckon he'll be in the lighthouse. Ooh. Maybe he's the lighthouse man. And he'll be all like, I'm sorry, I just wanted a I friend. I suppose there is a, um, I mean, I don't think he'll just want a friend, but uh, I suppose there is a, yeah, there's a through line there, electricity, lighthouse. Mm, mm. Uh, either that or he runs an electrical store where it's like, you can buy anything from me, young man. Video games, resistors, capacitors, toys, a- anything. Not food, though. We haven't got food. Or water. You can't buy water from... You can't buy much else that isn't electrical. Can't buy a toaster. I haven't got them. So it's becoming apparent to me you didn't know where you were going with this bit when you started it. You know, I, I can give you anything you want, but not anything. I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so he'll basically just help him find the dude. And the dude won't, you know, want to be found. And it'll be a little bit of cat and mouse. And they'll break his neck. Yeah, Joder will stop time and be like, yeah, I'm not letting this happen again. What will happen once they defeat Red Hot Chili Pepper, though? Because, you know, he's got the arrow at the moment. Uh, or will they defeat him? Will he escape? And, and I don't know. I mean, it could be a matter of... Because we've alluded to the fact that there's another group nearby, right? Or, or something like that. Which is why they killed off... What's-his-face? Um, Okiyasu's brother. Or well, Chili Pepper did that. Yeah. But, like, didn't he say we couldn't have the group of us, like, being exposed? Or no. Something? No? Okay. Well, there's probably a group. Let's be... <laughs> that seems to be a common theme in JoJo's, is there's always a bad group of sure. people. So I think maybe there's, like, a head honcho guy. Well, basically, I think what you're referring to is, um, Hazamata made some offhand reference, like, oh, none of us would have had the strength to take on Star Platinum. Exactly. Di- directly. So there's clearly some kind of group that's in cahoots with everyone, uh, and they're just, you know, gonna fuck shit up. But can they fuck shit up is the Ooh. question. Yeah. So I think we'll begin to uh, uncover that as soon as we get the arrow. Sure. And we'll get it out of the guy who owns Red Hot Chili Pepper. Except we'll be all like, haha, we've, we've gotten rid of all the electrical sources, so you fuck. Faraday Cage. Ooh. It's a good name for a JoJo character. It is. Anyway, let's wrap things up. To be continued. <laughs> Where can they find out about our social medias, Liam? JoJo's podcast on Twitter or gmail.com. And if they want to financially guide us patreon.com slash jojo's world is guiding the right word sure Ooh. okay <laughs> dangerous precedent has been set so until next time to be continued <laughs>